0: Mop and Roofing is serving all of Oklahoma. It's been in business for over 35 years. Call them today at 405-703-3843. Uh, we're going to have a fun show this week because Thursday and Thursday and Friday's show is going to be live from Los Angeles. Which means a little bit of an earlier wake-up call. Jackie heads up to whoever's room is next to mine. Though I might go down to the lobby. Toby started doing that and it's it's kind of fun. But yeah. We'll be in LA with a Sooner softball team. A um, lot of really good. Can't coaches. believe that. I know, right? A lot of really good Coach Gasso stuff out there. The the in the circle guys, uh, and I think it was Eric. Eric had a really good interview with Patty uh, on his podcast. And I, there were some people that were were mad on at, at, at Eric and 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 Red Red. And I'm not everyone's going to say nice things all the time, peeps. We, well, need, did, we need somebody to say something negative so they can have a chip on their shoulder, indeed. okay? Uh, dating back to <laughs> his, his frustrations, I guess, with the, the transfer portal, yeah, yeah.
1: And name, image, and likeness. So
0: there was already some people. No, this was I think they were talking about what they perceived as a weakness for Oklahoma.
1: Well, he's gotta try and I create that's what some I'm sort of for contact. so many people.
0: He's like, Oh it was a really good it was a good interview. Eric's money. Really good interview. And then if you did not catch our Thursday show live from Rudy's we podcasted the full breakdown of OU softball with Coach Coach JT, Coach Rocha, who all was up there with us. Kinsey Hansen, Sidney Sanders, Alex Durocco, and Haley Lee. Don't know why. And it was Haley Lee's birthday over the weekend, too. So if you're ready for some softball, we've got you covered. Uh, I leave out with the team on Wednesday. So I think a portion of this show will be live from the paid parking lot within uh, Will Rogers Airport come come Thursday, or Wednesday, excuse me. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fun weekend of softball. Any other thing we missed from this weekend that are, are coming up this Super Bowl? We're going to get to that in the top five stories of the day. I, I think we're good. I feel like we've hit all angles. Text line is great. That's coming up at the bottom of this
1: hour. Let's, yeah, I, I don't know if there's so – I'm sure that. there's something from this weekend that we've – Not discussed yet, but
0: I feel like we've hit it all. So let's add to it. Time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino.
1: It's time for the top five
0: stories of the day.
1: Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go,
0: man. Exit 107 off I-44. Newcastle Casino, best reels in town. They bring you the top five stories of the day. And Monday through Friday, happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. All right. Big story number five. Number
1: five.
0: All right, before we hit the massive Sooner weekend, let's talk about, let's book in the top five stories of the day with, with college hoops, starting with the weekend in the Big 12. And it was an early game on Saturday. And I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit shocked by how one-sided it truly was. That's a bit start to the second half and he says you better call somebody four point play jaron holmes with a three plus one and it was all iowa state 11 seconds to go at iowa
2: state as they defeat number nine kansas 68 to 53
1: number eight kansas i stand corrected (laughs) Oh, man. Ruined it. Now everybody's playing it nationally.
0: Ouch. Uh, Jaron Holmes did finish with 15 for the Iowa State Cyclones, who broke a mini M-I-N-I two-game losing streak and move into second place all by their lonesome. So I thought, Josh Helmer, that we might be sitting here on a Monday morning talking about a a four-to-five-way tie for the top spot in the Big 12 but as one man with a pencil once said, not so fast. Because Texas might be the best team in this league right now. They went on the road and beat Kansas State 69-66. to That coupled with the TCU loss and the Baylor win makes the Big 12 standings heading into a big week look like this. The Horns at 8-2 and two have a game lead over Iowa State. Followed by this, well, the Cyclones are seven and three. Followed by a group of now four teams tied for third in this league. TCU, Kansas State, Baylor, and Kansas all at six and four. And looky looky, Oklahoma State just a game back at five and five.
1: K State had a 14 point lead in how that first lo- half. How did they lose Texas. that
0: game? Unreal.
1: Flipped uh, Longhorns flipped it.
0: That was a uh, that that I had that game on when I was trying to take a nap <laughs> after the women's game. I think I think that's what it was. Yeah, I was trying to take a quick nap before the OU game, and I couldn't turn it off. It was a good game. Good game in the second half. Texas outscored them forty four thirty in the second half, and a game in which I think the two teams combined for what two hundred and thirty points. The first time they met, uh, ended up being more of a defensive game. But guess what, Josh? As we like to say in this league, no rest for the weary.
1: You know, looking at these stats, like how did Texas win this game? I know, right? Don't do that to yourself. You know, the box score sometimes just doesn't make any sense. Turnovers were even. Paint points, okay. Texas won 30 to 26 there. Mm
0: -hmm. Second
1: chance points, K-State 14-13. Fast breaks, 6-2. to Bench points, I guess, is uh, the big answer. Texas 33 to Kansas State's 22. Um, Texas-Kansas
0: tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Massive game. Tomorrow night, speaking of massive games, TCU at Kansas State. Don't know what to make of TCU right now and the Mike Miles injury. How long he's going to be out. Is Eddie Lampkin 100%? Then uh, a triple header on Wednesday night. We'll get to the OU game against Baylor coming up in a bit. But Iowa State travels to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. And Oklahoma State will host Texas Tech. It's us. Why anything else
1: to add? Do you, Do you consider somebody shared? I forget where the story's from, so I apologize. But go ahead. Somebody shared a story where Jamie Dixon was regarded as one of the country's most hated coaches. Do you? Do you I think I saw that too. Do you put any stock into that? I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, generally speaking, as someone that covers Oklahoma or as an Oklahoma fan, you probably don't really like any of the other coaches. In the Big 12 to some degree, right? Agreed. I don't know that Jamie Dixon is somebody that I look at and I'm like, oh, I hate Jamie Dixon, right? I mean, honestly, kind of respect what Jamie Dixon has done at both Pittsburgh and what he's done at TCU. We were talking about it last week. Uh Incredible what he's done down there. Wouldn't use the term that I like, Jamie Dixon, but I think hate is a step too far, right? Does anybody – in the Big 12, legitimately hate Jamie Dixon? I kind of thought that,
0: like, Jim Bayheim had the most hated coach thing cinched up, and no one was ever going to come close Boy, to him. Boy, he,
1: he did well adding to it this past weekend. I think that's the story
0: that I wanted to get to. I think that's the story that I wanted to talk about. Jim Bayheim. I, it broke, too. You you know he was mad because Pete Dammel is typing an update to it at 3.30 in the morning on Saturday night and yeah. Sunday morning. He
1: had his little response, huh? Uh,
0: all right. Big big story number four. Number four. Oh. Man, what a massive weekend for Sooner Athletics on campus. Uh, you had the women's gymnastics team on Friday night dominate Iowa State. I thought it was a great crowd, uh, great energy. I hope that can carry over to their home meets the rest of the season I think KJ is going to be on with us tomorrow, so I'm excited about that. And then the women's basketball team absolutely boat raced one of the best defensive teams in the Big 12. Um, West Virginia had given up on the season like 58 points per game. Maybe it was like 55. And OU had 51 in the first half. They went on to win it 93-68 in advance of their showdown to uh, in Waco against Baylor on Tuesday night. Uh, here's Coach Peronczyk afterwards on the defensive prowess of the women's team on Saturday.
2: I feel like, you know, we really challenged our guards because we knew um, they were so good. And we knew we struggled the first time, and – I think we made them work. Even though they did incredible things, I think we made them work. And I thought Nevaeh Todd I thought was, that's probably the best defensive effort she's had probably all season. I thought Kennedy Tucker was great. I thought Anna Yanusa was great. Aubrey Jones was in that mix a lot. Um, I also feel like they weren't on islands, and I felt like our interior, I thought Liz Scott, I thought Beatrice Culliton, Skyler, Uh, I thought they just did a really nice job of helping, and I think that's the best help that we've had all season. And there's still areas where we will continue to improve, but you could see we were talking, we were communicating. um, And so from that standpoint, I felt like we took some big steps today. Now we're not going to pat ourselves on the back, and we're nowhere near where we want to necessarily go. um, But it was really interesting. I was just on the radio with Liz, and she said something. She goes, playing that hard is fun. And I hope everybody thinks that because I really – that's what we've got to do is we've got to continue to have that kind of effort day in and day out. We've been doing that in practice. We've got to do that in games.
0: There you go. Good stuff from Ginny Baranchek.
1: Pretty impressive that uh, they were able to, to do that where Maddie Williams and, and Taylor Robertson combined for 17 points.
0: Right. And I think what T-Rob had six. Am I just – am I doing the? oh, You've got it right here in front of my face. Look at you. I'm like, look at me. I'm so smart.
1: And there's a the box score. Was it six? Yeah. Ah, look at me. Combined for 17. 11 for Williams. Six for Robertson. I'll continue
0: to say it. In a couple of years. Beatrice Colton's going to be a problem. She's starting to become one now. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, 17 minutes. Got physical. I know the numbers. Like, you see six rebounds. Like, six rebounds. But she was, she was an effector. At the rim. Ana Yanusa was really good. I mean, Josh, they were. I know I use the term shot out of a cannon way too much, but they were legit shot out of a cannon for that game. 6-3 so. frosh. I like Beatrice a lot, man. I think – and I think – I don't know. Coach might disagree. Scott, if you're listening, text me. But I think Emis Faboda has a chance to be in that mix. Um. Oh, I'm I'm spacing on the other freshman's name right now, Caitlin Johnson. I believe it is, but yeah, they've uh, she played here. Just scroll down. She played real quick uh, late in the game. So am I close? Yeah, Caitlin Johnson or Kirsten Johnson. Sorry, thank you, Kirsten. She's got a chance to be pretty good as she continues to get in the in the weight room and gets a little stronger. They've got something that this team doesn't typically have, and that's some size. Six four might be a buck twenty. So.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Needs to yeah, she's uh, get in that uh, training regimen. Yeah, up. exactly.
0: So, anything else I'm missing? Wrestling bounced back with a big win on Sunday. So, yeah,
1: Coach Baranchek's just done
0: such a cooking. good job. They're cooking. Tuesday night in Waco is going to be fun. All right, big story number three. Number three. So, on Friday at about 1 o'clock, the NBA content gods dropped an absolute... Woj bomb with the news that Kyrie Irving requested a trade. And to the shock of everybody, the trade went down in, like, record time. Yeah, it got done. (laughs) I mean, usually you have a guy request a trade. He's like, wow, let's talk about this. Let's see if we can work through this.
1: Well, and remember, we're coming off the... Coming off an off season where Kevin Durant did the exact same thing, exactly, and ultimately it was okay. Let's let's figure this out, and and they did. Not not the case right here. Now Kyrie's been a little bit uh, more of a disgruntled citizen. If you, I will.
0: have a hot take on this. I don't blame Kyrie. I know, right? Craziness. I think I kind of think Joseph Sy's botched the whole Kyrie situation
1: with the uh, you know him not wanting to get vaccinated. And, exactly. Uh, they made him.
0: They made him the villain. In yeah, that. yeah, yeah.
1: The organization definitely did not have his back. There's, there's no doubt. Feel how you want to feel about vaccines and uh, COVID mandates, and on and on and on. One thing that, again, I would agree with you, and I think it's fact. Yes, they they clearly made Kyrie. He was the bad guy. A national bad guy.
0: Now he didn't help himself out too much either. No,
1: but but they, you know, as an organization, you know. As a player, I'm wanting the organization to have my back.
0: Right, exactly. And they didn't do that. It's like, hey, listen, this is how I feel about this. And I don't know if you – however you feel about Pfizer, vaccines, things of that nature, my experience has been most of the people that were against it were, were some athletes, right? It's like, I ain't taking that jab. So it was really surprising to see how quickly they made him the bad guy and then also in that, when listen the, the the incident with him retweeting the promotion of a very anti-Semitic documentary was a punishment that he paid, and oh, did he pay for it? Right, he missed six games. He he did everything that you could do from a rehab perspective, from what the NBA wanted. You can hate Kyrie Irving all you want, but he went out and did what was asked of him, and went over the top. And did you also notice who was the leading vote-getter for the East at the guard position? It was Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. So, feel how you want about him. Oh, he's a crazy person. He thinks Earth is flat. Um, But it's a hell of a pickup for Dallas. I mean, holy smokes, is a big-time pickup for Dallas.
1: Winner, Dallas, right? Yeah, I think so. Now, there's some that are like, let's see how this thing plays out, and it could be a disaster. If I'm Luca, I'm so fired up, man! Finally got my running mate. Right. So, you know the NBA is just—it's star-driven, and Luca, we know, is—he's that dude. But he's been waiting for his Robin. Well, now he's got a Robin.
0: And he's never really – well, he had one last year, and Brunson, he ended up going to New York in the offseason. Boy, and Brunson's not looking comfortable as a one in New York. But they're, they're getting things together between he and Randall.
1: Yeah, that, that's – I mean, going to be fascinating to see how it works out for Dallas.
0: Meanwhile, uh, in what we usually care about much more on the NBA side of things, the Oklahoma City Thunder went out and set a franchise record for points scored against Houston, which, again, for me, makes what happened in Houston – That much more unexplainable.
1: Egregious. What?
0: What? They beat Houston 153, 121. Not Kevin Durant, not Paul George, not Russell Westbrook, not James Harden, not any of that, Steven Adams. None of those dudes' teams scored as many points as this team did on Saturday, which makes me wonder. How in the world did you lose 112-106 to 106 to Houston on Wednesday night? How? I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't feel that way, but how? What in the world is going on that you lost that game? Yeah. Anyway, uh, they, they've got a chance to be part of history on Tuesday night after the – with the Grammys done, LeBron has a chance to tie or break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time mark. Let's see, 36 away from tying, 37 from breaking it. But I think the Lakers are a little bit in their feels right now about not getting Kyrie Irving. So I'm not a gambling man, but on Tuesday night, if I could, I'd put a ticket on the Thunder. I think they're going to go to L.A. and beat them. And they might rest Anthony Davis, too. Who, by the way, the Lakers are 3-2 and two in the game since he's returned. Anthony Davis has been spectacular. LeBron James' his
1: tweet, I mean, very obviously. Maybe
0: it's me. <laughs> but is he 12, year old, 12 years old listening to Taylor Swift or something? Very obviously about the
1: Kyrie situation, right?
0: You know, this could go one of two ways. I don't believe there's this report out there that was a package that Brooklyn asked for from the Lakers, and the Lakers said, no, I don't think that's legit. I know Shams is reporting that, but it's almost as if everyone has gone over the top to say, yeah, Joseph Sy wasn't trading Kyrie to the Lakers because that's where Kyrie wanted to go, right? He's not doing it.
1: That might be from the Lakers brass.
0: Oh, that's true, too. We'll see if Joseph Sy has anything to say about it. But that seems to
1: be. No, no, no. I'm saying the, hey, there was this close deal in place. Like, that reeks from. Oh, the, the
0: Lakers L- trying to make it look like. Yes. Okay. I see what you're saying. To me. OKC versus LA Tuesday night in LA. Should be fun. And by the way, I mean, i I don't want to be this guy yet. And I'm sure there's other stations that have already started doing it but you can look at a team that's two games under 500 but this vaunted western conference that i don't know how you're ever going to get anywhere in the western conference oh my gosh you're doomed okc okay, at two games under 500 is only four games behind the 3 seed <laughs>
1: uh, yeah that's, that's wild
0: there and by the way a four game deficit a little bit tougher to overcome in basketball than it might seem in baseball but still you're you're four games behind the three seed and only three games back of the four seed, which would put you in position to to host a playoff series.
1: Yeah, that, I mean that's insane, right? All right,
0: big story number two. Sorry, I got caught up in the shock number two
1: about how close they <laughs> are to the playoffs, I, I, and I forgot where we
0: were at. <laughs> Me too. I'm glad I looked down. A Super Bowl week has started. Uh, here is my understanding of the schedule: You're going to get uh, what's become media night, opening night, and then that's it from the players. Right, they don't have to speak again to the media outside of any engagements they want to take. They'll have press conferences, I think, with uh, Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni later in the week. But this is the only time that the players will be required to speak this week. So we'll get an update on Mahomes' ankle. I'm sure there'll be a goofy marriage proposal. You'll have some kid asking a question that'll make a player cry. What am I leaving? What am I missing out? The here?
1: late shows will be there asking questions.
0: Did you know the Kelsey brothers are playing against each other? Um. Oh, Andy Reid, coach the Eagles. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, you guys yeah, know yeah, that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. What am I missing here? Ah, a lot of goofy storylines on that front, but it's fun, right? NFL's rigged, probably. So I'm, I'm curious. I know it's 11:23, and we're going to hustle here to hear from Porter Moser next. Well, big story number one, I guess. Number one. Number, one. number one. Number one. Big story number one is of course the uh, OU basketball team in his tough spot in West Virginia this weekend. But I I am curious, whenever Roger Goodell has what is my favorite part of the week, the state of the league address, I wonder if there'll be questions like, hey, are you concerned whenever you look on social media after a game and what's trending is the NFL is rigged? You know what I would say if I was Roger Goodell? I'm like, no, Twitter isn't real life. Next question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great.
0: But – Big week ahead in the Super Bowl, big week ahead for OU Hoops.
1: No, I'm not a moron. Next I'm not question. An idiot. I'm not an idiot.
0: Are you concerned with what Arian Foster said about a script for the season? I would literally just start busting out laughing if someone asked him that.
1: It would be awesome.
0: Uh, all right, top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Let's pay off number one more in depth with Porter Moser next. Oh, welcome back into the Plank Show. Tough one for Oklahoma in Morgantown. I I kind of felt felt bad for Porter because I mean obviously let's let's face it it's it's not a cheap trip to send anyone to Morgantown to cover a game and I uh all the postgame questions were about West Virginia players and what he thought about them and I thought Porter did a great job answering them but his uh, his opening statement on where things went wrong for Oklahoma was was really good. Um, you know,
3: I thought right out of the gate, they get, uh, you know, right at Stevenson, right out, right out of the gate, made, made, made some shots, quick release, came around, hit, 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 hit some shots. Um, Tanner Groves got two fouls, tr- fouls. Um, you know, I, I redshirted a big freshman and when I did, I had three centers. Um, Yaya K to the transfer Missouri had a season ending injury. So now I'm down to two and one fouled out in 11 minutes and one fouled out in 13. And you know, we cut it to five and we were in deep foul trouble. And then they opened it up the last six or seven minutes or eight minutes of the half to, to twenty something. And um, you know, th- just shot it well, and then they went and they got their own rebound. And um, you know, we were trying to play with five guards and we just it's so hard. They're so physical, big. I thought they played so hard defensively, you know, I thought they they they're they're older. You know, they're older, physical guys, and we didn't handle it well. Um, and then you combine their, their physicality on defense to them making shots and then rebounding the way they rebounded. Just, it was, it was, that was, you know, our, our two post players, you know, one, one, one fell out in 11 minutes with no rebound, and the other one fell out in 13 minutes. You can just sense the frustration, man.
0: I saw an interesting take on Twitter, and it took me a couple of times to read it. I didn't want to favorite it, but it was along the lines of what's uh, this is going to be an interesting off season because we'll find out if, if Porter's going to be a, a, a nice guy and just keep all the same dudes around, or if he's going to completely overhaul this roster and not be afraid to be the villain and bring in some dudes that can really help make a difference. The whole idea was, this roster ain't it. But, yeah, it's it's gonna be an interesting offseason to see what, what he does. And like I said, you know, they got a, red, a guy you're red shirting right now that you hope can help be a foundational piece for this program. But it's it's tough. You got Caden Cooper and Jacob Cole coming in, but it's hard to find. <laughs> and by the the whole spin conversation from the show today has been about this. It's hard to be anything. And take anything optimistic from that. You know, I think you'll he always got a chance to help him out a little bit. We'll see in the future. But, I mean, he's a freshman out there. He, it's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, Caden Cooper and Jacob Cole. That's what you have coming in. couple of top 100 guys. Sure. But uh, they need bigs, man. You know, Jacob Cole's, he's a swing guy, three. I guess you could play him at the four, I would imagine. But mm-hmm. probably going to be more comfortable as a three. That's probably similar for Caden Cooper unless you – Sure. I, I don't know a ton about him. I mean, he's listed as a small forward. So, I would ima- imagine both of those guys are sort of your prototypical swing types. And you think about what you have. Uh, Milos Yuzan will be a year older as a, a talented two for you. you. You'll be in the mix to try and find a, a really good one. But they need bigs, man. They need bigs. They don't have any coming in in this signing class. And uh, they're going to have to find somebody in the transfer portal in that regard. And the 24 man, they, they got to get a couple of those guys.
0: Go back to the 23 class, or the 22 class, just real quick. Because, you know, in – I really do believe in Milo Suzan and Otega Uwe, you have two guys that can be difference makers. I really do believe that. But in that same vein, Josh, in a world – where the transfer portal is more seemingly immediate, I don't know if there's a sport where it's used more, can make an immediate impact, can hurt or help your team than college basketball. I mean, I'm watching Illinois and half their teams, you know, former Tech Baylor guys. And, you know, I just, it's going to be interesting to see what, Porter Moser decides to do and how he decides to use that transfer portal, but tough one for Oklahoma. You guys have had takes upon takes upon takes on this today on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. While we uh, while we appreciate them all, let's hit a handful of them here because who knows, um, maybe just maybe just maybe we can find something. Uh, Cam wants to know what would be the point spread for the OU basketball team. On the women's side versus the OU men's team,
1: I'm guessing OU
0: minus five. Stop, Cam. Um, Oh, gosh, I forgot about all the stuff we have here about non-competes and everything. 918, really good text. You all do a great job, and it doesn't always have to be all negative. People calling for Porter's job, it's just nonsense. Just saying the last week of OU basketball has been so bad – It needs a state-of-union-type focus? Players, coaches, fan support, it should all be addressed. And what can be done to improve the program? Because in my world, this is flat-out unacceptable. Instead, you're talking Grammys and Eagles Chiefs. That's curious to me. Is this all since this is the home of Sooner fans? No, it's because we talk about a lot of things on the show.
1: And we've got three hours, so <laughs> we like to I mean, roam around a if, little bit.
0: If I had a two-hour show still and um, all we had to do was talk about OU basketball, then yeah, maybe we would obsess over this. But in the same vein, it's Super Bowl week. Softball starts this week. Um, the women's get, team
1: had a great performance. The,
0: the women won on, on Saturday. What? You hate women's sports? Uh, women's team won on Saturday. I was there. Covered it. It was great. I mean... You want a State of the Union-type focus? Okay, here we go. Um, they've had three really bad losses in their last four games. Yeah. And they've got eight games left to try to pull off a miracle. Outside of that, I don't know what more you want. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough stretch right now. You, the crowd was great on the, – the crowd has been great in their last two home games. Unfortunately, it
1: hasn't panned out for them. They they need an overhaul. They, they do. There's there's some pieces. Sherfield is this his final season of eligibility? I believe
0: so. I think he came in with one. Well, year and remaining. he
1: withdrew his name from last year's NBA draft. Right now, do you view him as a? I mean, he'd probably be maybe. I mean, is he? I don't know that he's an NBA draft. I guy. saw
0: him projected as a guy going late in the second round.
1: Second round, right? Yeah. And I mean, when you're going
0: and when you're going late in the second round, that's. I mean, listen, it it. It's amazing to get drafted, right? But in that same vein, it's also not, you know, it's not elite. It's, you're still getting drafted. And well, in fact, now that I look, he's not even mentioned in the second round anymore. Okay,
1: so Otega always back. Milos mm-hmm. Uzan, assuming that there's nothing funky and you guys don't leave and transfer, right? Otega always back. Milos Uzan's back. Jacob Groves, I think, would have another year, right? Yep. So you got you got Groves back. You got Cooper. You got Cole coming in. That's sort of the starting points. And then
0: let's see what might be out there in the portal. Right. Because much like we talk about Oklahoma football defensively, what's everyone want? Man, we need an athletic interior defensive lineman. Well, guess what? We need bigs. Everyone in college football is looking for that, and everyone in college basketball is looking for, where's that athletic big that can go out there and score?
1: But the fact that OU just can't sign one is uh, just a – I don't know how so, you can't do that.
0: Here's what here's uh, NBADraft.net has Grant Sherfield projected as the 48th pick in the draft. Second round. Make I get that right? Yeah, second round pick. Actually, the 40th pick in the draft. So a top 50 player in in the eyes of NBA players. To give you an idea of that, um, they have Oscar Shibwe projected as the last pick in the NBA draft, which is why I get it, right? Shibwe's style isn't like the NBA right now, but, oh, gosh, let's go. Come on. He's someone's got to at least want him higher than the last pick in the draft.
1: Oklahoma last season a 2 and 11 spell after starting 12 and 3. This year after starting 10 and 5 they've gone 2 and 5 and unfortunately the uh, opportunities yes ahead but the challenges of seven ranked teams in the final 8 means that that 2 and 5 Planky could get a whole heck of a lot worse and start looking like that 2 and 11 stretch from sure. last season. A uh,
0: couple of other quick basketball texts I like the idea that we sat there and spent a majority of our first segment on Oklahoma basketball, and because we decided to talk about the Super Bowl in segment two— We are spinning. And and I mentioned, by the way, the Grammys' conversation was, go back in time, approximately like two minutes. And it was basically me saying, did you see the hip-hop tribute? Fifty years of hip hop. It was awesome, wasn't it? We don't. We don't
1: have to explain it. I mean, we're recapping our weekend.
0: And then we moved on. Like it, it's 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 a show. We are the home of Sooner fans, but it's a show. People get it. It's one or two taxers. It's no big deal. But I mean, like in my mind, to sit there and think, guys are obviously spinning this, not talking about it. I
1: mean, what more do you want added to it? I would just say. We have five days this week. We
0: got a long way to go. <laughs> we,
1: we, and, there will be basketball discussion, and, and could get, some right it could
0: get it could get worse or better on uh, on Wednesday. Jim in Arlington, the OU men's basketball loses by one to West Virginia and Norman compared to the blowout Saturday. There might be some give up, and a third and a tired team down the stretch.
1: And Oklahoma's Oklahoma's not good on the road; they're not good away from the LNC.
0: Sure, they bump uh, thumped Bama, but the Bedlam humiliation took any wind out of their sails. By the way. Physically, Oklahoma State looks like an NBA team compared to Porter's team. That's frustrating. We didn't even have an answer for the
1: Cowboys. Well, Boone and Cissé, I mean, that twin billing alone, it's night and day from what Oklahoma has. I hate to say it.
0: This morning, we canceled our Big 12 men's basketball tournament ticks and bought Big 12 women's basketball tournament ticks. Better value and more entertaining. I think, though, they're like right down the – I mean, you can do both, but I I understand – And thank you. They said, I looked sharp and sounded great on Saturday. Well, at least somebody wasn't like, oh, my God. What? What is this? Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) All right. um, When we come back, let's dive into your reactions to our Big 12 SEC conversation. Because we learned a little bit over the weekend. We learned that OU and Texas have uh, come to a number with the Big 12 that would satisfy a buyout. But Fox is the one holding up. What's next? We'll get into it on the ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We spent a lot of time today talking about the latest uh, like rumors and rumblings involving the Big 12 SEC split. And the one thing that I find interesting is that, according to all the reports out there, the Big 12 has come to an agreement with OU in Texas on a number financially, but Fox is holding it up. I saw uh, blatant homerism. I saw our buddy Alan Kenney tweet this, and I agree. You can stop ever- putting together your list of the most powerful people in college athletics. Save that because it is now and it has always been TV because there is no way, Josh, and I mean no way, that a TV network should be getting in the way of an exit fee situation like this. But here we are. And Fox, I get it, man. They pay a lot of money, but they're not made whole by any type of agreement involving Oklahoma and Texas in an early exit and what sucks even more and all of this is it's what the big 12 wants now too from the 405 why the hurry for the SEC 5 and 7 last season this season who knows let's get a couple more top classes in here before we play with the big boys was it a 6 and 7 this
1: year 6 and 7 uh that's a good point. Why, why? Why does Fox have all this say? I mean, if the Big Twelve schools are good on the deal, so be it. Pay it's your inventory, baby. Goodbye.
0: Inventory. Nine one seven.
1: But I mean, Fox has to sign off on it. Or they or they don't.
0: They're part of the invent They're part of the partnership. They're, I guess, maybe the an important figure for the future of the Big Twelve because they're still. They're still kind of the main cheese in their TV deal. And obviously they were, I guess, part of the grant of Rights because they broadcast Big 12 games. I mean, listen, we, we could really break this down, and I don't need 800 texts because they're the TV. We get it. But in that instance, they shouldn't be able to say, oh, you guys came to an agreement on this? All right, we'll make it whole. But no, they're like, no!
1: No, that's not enough. And that's how I view this. Because right all of the universities are who signed the grant of Rights agreement. <laughs>
0: Uh, for, the nine, for the 9 the nine one seven, Who knows, guys? Maybe OU is not bothered at all by the 2023 schedule the Big 12 gave them. Maybe the reason they haven't posted it on their website or tweeted a graphic is because they don't think that will be their 2023 schedule. Maybe they were working on being in the SEC in 23. Who knows? Man, I've told you guys throughout, if you've listened with any regularity, I, I'm not saying that anything is beyond the realm of possibility. Brent from Jenks, can you explain to the people why it was so easy for a Nebraska, Missouri, and Colorado to leave then versus now with OU Texas? Well, um, the TV deal was essentially not as massive as it is now. I went back and, and read a couple of older articles about it. And and the,
1: the, the language of the buyout
0: was much different yeah. than it is now. They they tried to make things a little bit more, I guess punitive. the term would be challenging and punitive. Like, for instance, here's an article. Um, the Colorado Buffaloes, when they left, paid $6.8 million of around $19 million of revenues from the conference to leave. So you're also talking about a league at the time that was only making $19 million off is, its TV rights contract.
1: wild to think that. It was that little, I mean, hey, that listen. recently.
0: A&M in Missouri's buyout was $12.4 million. So the details behind that was that conference bylaws say to the university that provides less than 12 months notice are subject to having 90% of their conference revenues withheld. The total was estimated near $30 million for each school, But lawyers for both sides settled on $12 million.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: What was the Big 12 doing? The Big 12's new TV contract with Fox didn't activate until July 1, 2012. Missouri agreed to waive all benefits from the conference's new deal. Texas A&M will still receive a portion of the benefits. Missouri agreed to pay the Big 12 approximately five hundred dollars for its share of the actual cost of officiating expenses for the 2011-2012 season. So it was a, a different time in finances and it was a different wording in what the total package was for the contract.
1: I can't believe they could have gotten 30 million and they said, "Ah, 12's cool." Yeah, let's negotiate this down. You want 12? What were they doing? I don't know, man. That's so bad. And now now it's like uh, the the battle lines have been drawn. It's Oklahoma and Texas going to have to pay. Um
0: yeah, a lot of questions about that. So, yeah, there, there is that buyout with A&M, Nebraska, Missouri. Uh, Nick writes, this does show that maybe the 99-year agreement can't be enforced, and that's why the Big 12 is trying so hard to get OU and Texas out of the conference before it gets to a court, because an agreement that isn't enforceable might end up with no money. Yeah, Nick, that's, that was, if you missed the show, Josh just posted hour two. I'm going to retweet it. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there on Twitter, because that's what I talked about. Listen, um, I completely forgot about this 99-year deal. Completely spaced about it. And Bob Bolsby insists, insists that you would have to pay something. But if you don't end up letting OU in Texas, or if you make OU in Texas stay through 25 and they want to go, right? Or Fox does. Or Fox does, right. I mean, even though no one wants to get into a court fight, they could easily go to court and challenge the validity of that 99-year deal. So, like you said, the Big 12 could end up with with nothing. And and,
1: and Dellinger thought it was important that it would go to state courts in Oklahoma and Texas. That's right.
0: Uh, and then real quick, um, non-competes are very difficult to enforce in Oklahoma, that's from the 405. I'm in the financial services business, and when I was recruited away, I had to deal with this. They can threaten all you want, but non-competes in Oklahoma are not binding. You can't punish someone who wants to go to a better job slash league. That's from CD, and he's right. And then one more quick one, Oklahoma Jones. Ah, my name's Ice Cream Jones. Oklahoma Jones, as a season ticket holder, I can't wait to get that incredible upgrade in home games by joining the SEC, but I absolutely don't want us to pay the Big 12 a fraction of the $80 million. Stay till 25, give Coach Venables time to fully implement his system, and go to the SEC Fully Loaded quick break we're back to wrap up the plank show next right here on the ref all right um simply time to say thanks for all the great interactions today i think it's been a fun day didn't get too spicy he didn't fight too much i think everyone's kind of on the same page
1: you got any high school stuff coming on tonight i've got crosstown clash wrestling tomorrow which will be really fun i've got tyler Roselli's going to be broadcasting with with me jack spates will be broadcasting with me so really i'm just there to say hey we're in this weight class and here you go gentlemen <laughs> but that'll be on k tomorrow
0: um shout out to tyler neal i got a chance to kind of chop it up with him a little bit this weekend hadn't talked to tyler in a long time he's uh He's awesome. We're going to try to get him on the show a little bit more, too. He's a good dude. And the 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 peeps were singing your praises from the Sooner student section from the Norman North broadcast. You helping some of the young. Are you shaping the minds of the youth, Josh? Uh, we, we do what we can. I try, yeah. Good dude. Steel Man and Thune at noon are next right here on The Ref. We'll see you tomorrow.